It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Signal Boost. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. It is Tuesday, March the 2nd. Jess McIntosh is here. Good morning. Good morning. It's the second day of uh, Women's History Month. <laughs> look, look how we're doing. It's going look at that. wonderfully. Yes. Women are having a moment, aren't we? Oh, boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we had so much fun last Women's History Month. <laughs> we decided yeah. this, this, uh, this week we'd actually focus on women. So there is now a third Andrew Cuomo accuser. Um, it's going well. That was the big, big news of this morning. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if you, if, you, if you casually treat people this way, you casually treat a lot of people this way. <laughs> we, we said this yesterday. Yeah, there did, will did be not? more. We did. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Where there's one, there's 10. Where there's 10, there's 100. Um, yeah. You know, this this one was not an aide. It was a, a guest at an aide's wedding uh, where apparently he, he put his hand on her bare lower back, which she pointedly removed, uh, at which point he got aggressive, put his hands on both sides of her face, asked if he could kiss her, and then apparently tried to do so. Um at which point she, she sort of ducked away and went back to her friends, uh, who had helpfully recorded the interaction on her cell phone um, because helpful. it looked uncomfortable, and they wanted to know if she was okay. Well, it's also, it's also very important that they did photograph it because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously without the photograph, you would have had her, her story, right? But you may yeah. not have had just a photo that it describes exactly, that looks like exactly what she had said happened right oh yeah Um, i mean her face in that photo is a face that we all recognize oh yeah no we we, every single every single woman every single person who's had that experience a person that's had that experience looked at that photo and knows exactly what's happening Mm -hmm. in the photo um you've been in that situation (laughs) where some creepy older person is too close too, too touchy uh not respecting the dignity of your person and your personal yep. space. Um, and it's a horrible feeling. And actually the first thing I thought of this morning, um, when I when well, last night when I saw the photo, and as I was falling asleep, I made a note <laughs> to remember it this morning, um, <laughs> is the Life magazine photo. <clears throat> it's, it's a famous photo. It's called The Kiss. And it's a photo um, of a Navy sailor returning oh, home. Oh, yeah, after, of course. Uh, World War One. Um, and he, you know, the photo. Yeah, it's uh, the one where he, he hooks a, a he, nurse and he, dips her and Yeah, and he the, dips her, kisses Times her. Square. They take a photo. It's Times Square, um, or it's it becomes the Life magazine photo, and it's a famous photo, right? Everybody knows what this photo is. People had like, it oh up in God, their dorm that, rooms when I was in yeah, college. Yeah, that, <laughs> that represents, that photo represents love and romance. Oh, my God. American yeah, victory, yay. Um, except for the fact that, uh, the woman in the photo has, uh, been interviewed, (laughs) um, and in, uh, the 2000s and she talked about how she did not know that man. Mm -hmm. She was walking. She's a nurse. She was walking and a stranger grabbed her and kissed her. And he was drunk by the way. So he smelled Mm -hmm. and tasted like 
grossness of booze. Uh, and they took a photo. Um, and that became an image of like love, romance, and patriotism for generations. Um, but the truth is that that photo is an assault happening. Mm-hmm. And another piece of the story is that the drunk sailor is engaged and his fiance is actually in the shot off to the side. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, I didn't know that piece of it. I knew yeah, that she was engaged. Um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a fun... I love that story because, one, yeah. most people know the photo. They've never thought about the backstory to that photo. But if you look closely at the photo, if you Google the photo now, Life Magazine, The Kiss, pull mm-hmm. it up. It's pull, real obvious. Like, pull it, pull <laughs> you it can... closer. Pull, pull, Watch. Like, blow the photo up. Watch right? his elbow and... hook around her <laughs> neck. <laughs> See how, well, like, she's in there. The main, she's caught. The main giveaway in the photo is her fist. Uh, oh yeah you're right Uh, so if you if you blow the photo up and you look at her hands they're in like balled up in fists right yeah which to me indicates uh obviously what is happening is not something that she is willingly going along with which she's not consenting um to going along with and i think it's a this example with andrew cuomo is an important moment because too many men behave this way (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and they don't think there's anything wrong with it and I'm telling you in the sound of my voice this morning at 710 that there's something wrong with it we do not like it we do not want it it makes us feel horrible we walk away with shame when we shouldn't we shouldn't we shouldn't walk yeah. away with shame in that moment the shame is yours sir um, and so I just, that was the first thing that I thought of because yeah. I think culturally we've come a long way. The fact that we even people, some people know about the life magazine backstory, um, today and you know, that didn't 10 to 15 years ago. Um, and we have a much better understanding post Harvey Weinstein of, uh, victim blaming and the conditions, um, under which sexual harassment happens and is perpetuated and normalized um and enabled by other people around the harasser uh and i think that we would not be handling these allegations with andrew cuomo in this way had we not evolved oh yeah yeah definitely this has been um honestly this is this has been one of the I, I don't know. I, I'm not really mad at anybody talking about this. I'm angry at um, the staff who clearly saw this happening repeatedly and did not do anything or share anything with him. And the men who were obviously in the room when it was happening and are not coming forward now because this is, it's all on women. But frankly, the conversation around it hasn't been terrible. <laughs> like, like, maybe, did, did we learn something? Maybe. Look at is us. That, is that, I, and I just, I just keep getting stuck on the fact that if it weren't for the women like Tanya Self, Selvaratnam, Eric Schneiderman would be heading up the Andrew Cuomo investigation. I mean, and, and frankly, like, I don't even, I don't even you know which Eric way that would go. But I, but because, I was following. Yeah, because Eric Schneiderman doesn't even, uh, doesn't even like Andrew Cuomo. So he might have, he might have used this to like political ends and like really gone after it to bolster his own feminist credentials. But like one way or another, like (laughs) that was not going to be a fair investigation. Um, and it certainly wasn't going to be done with respect for, uh, the women involved because Eric Schneiderman does not 
have respect for uh, women. But he's not there anymore because a whole bunch of women got really, really brave and explained what uh, what he did to them. And mm-hmm. so now instead we have Letitia James. <laughs> and I uh, I feel pretty good about this investigation being in her hands, for sure. Well, I think, it, I mean, it's important. One thing, it's an independent investigation that a, a private law firm is doing. So she's going to appoint an attorney um, mm-hmm. who's going to investigate and then they're going to uh, create a report um, that she will re- review. Um, and I don't know what the consequences will be. I'm still sort of like, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how this, this all plays out. But I do think it has been fascinating to watch our evolution in the handling of these types of cases. I mean, I think the fact that for the most part, the way it was even reported was better than it's usually reported. And I don't yeah, very much. go around giving credit to the media for handling <laughs> Especially not in these moments. sexual assault <laughs> with high-profile individuals um, fairly and accurately. Um, but I, I would say that I remember even like doing panels and having discussions um, in the midst of Me Too about how to handle cases, right? I remember like mm-hmm. Aziz Ansari's um, yeah, the yeah, allegation yeah. and that one very, very weird article that was written in the first person. Um, I remember sort of having a really robust discussion with Gabe Sherman and Dahlia Lithwick um, at Harvard. Like it was like this panel at Harvard. Um, Yeah, it was really good. It was like, you know, what are so, you know, there are stories that we're going to miss because we have standards, of course, which are necessary in journalism and what we can print, what we can uh, report on um, and what allegations sort of can come out in public. and I think my point was, you know, it's I did not like the way that that story was put out. Right. A first person account written by a friend of the person. <laughs> like it was it yeah, was a little everything bit, about that you know, was odd. Funky. Like, that's right? not how we do this. It was funky. But the yeah. facts in the or or the alleged facts in that article, I was like, well, we we can actually take this story and I'm not even going to like put any sort of, you know, judgment on Aziz Ansari himself. I'm just going to take the alleged facts in this story um, and apply them to other people's lives because they seem very, they ring so true. <laughs> uh, yeah. these, these things happen often, you know, where you go out on a date and, you know, something very uncomfortable is happening and you feel pressure and you feel coerced those things are like very common and so i think that we have to be able to have the nuanced conversation and i'm very pleased to see we are we we've grown look at us yeah i think i think we have i think we have like i you know i i don't think this ends without a reckoning and i'm i'm actually i'm torn about resignation um, that the, the calls for that are starting to come. I certainly want him to, to face consequences and be held accountable. Um, I don't know if that's through the investigation or whether he actually has to step down or whether it's, you know, some combination of, of both. I'm, I'm on the, I certainly, I'm not like invested in him staying, but I'm also not like, oh, he's got to go today. Um, I'm comfortable with the fact that there's an independent investigation going on into it. And um, hopefully that encompasses some of the other things that we need to know about, because the fact that, you know, you're uh, seem to have been 
hiding nursing home deaths is also a problem for me. Um, so if there is an investigation into the office and wrongdoing within the office, I think that's ultimately a very good thing. Um, but I'm 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 surprised <laughs> that it's being taken as seriously as it is. I think one of the mm-hmm. one of the things about the Aziz Ansari uh, piece that was so important, like it was it was badly done. It shouldn't have been done that way. But we were in the middle of, and I think honestly maybe it should have been done without his name, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. which of course means that people would not have read it as well. But um, we were in the middle of like Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, and yeah. there was this idea that like monsters are obvious, you know? And, like, obviously, mm-hmm. Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein were not obvious for years, or they were, and no one cared, which means, are they really obvious? But they, you know, you you, you have their list of crimes, and it's like, oh, oh, you committed dozens of rapes. Cool. Okay, that's a very easy bucket to put you guys in. Um, and the conversation could have gotten sort of trapped into that space, as opposed to... Um, here are all of the ways that women have to interact with misogyny mm-hmm. um, in their relationships with men, and what does that do to them? Um, and what's the difference between intent and impact? Um, mm-hmm. Which is, I think, you know, one of the conversations that we wind up having a lot. Like, you know, the old guys who get too close to you—they're probably not intending to make you feel preyed on, but that is the impact, and they should be aware of that. And once they are yeah. aware of that, they should give a crap and stop doing it. Right. And if they're aware of it and they keep doing it, well, then that is their intent. <laughs> yeah. So well, I think it it's like, you know, I remember at the time there were a lot of there was a lot of even male journalists that were like, well, I mean, there's Harvey Weinstein. I mean, not everyone is Harvey Weinstein. Let's not. Right. Feminists have to <laughs> right, right, be right. very careful. We have mm-hmm. to be we have to be careful. And not to paint we, everyone with the we, same we brush. Paint, exactly. We, we <laughs> as feminists have to be there. Like, what? Sir. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, feminists have always been clear. I teach rape culture as a spectrum, a spectrum that starts with a rape. You know, one end is a rape joke. Um, yeah. And the other end of the spectrum is Harvey Weinstein. And so along that spectrum are our daily lived experiences, like walking to work in New York City and having someone catcall you or having someone put their hand on you without your permission, which is not okay ever. That is just the rules. And for people, I think, um, in this moment, maybe this is the moment where where we can start having, you know, new conversations. We're in the middle of a pandemic, which requires you to respect other people's personal space you know why because there's an airborne virus you might catch if you stand too close to that young woman and so sir you better back up (laughs) and then you better ask that woman if you can stand closer if you can put your hand on her shoulder all of those things require you to ask because Mm -hmm. you are touching another human being it's very simple and the reason why men act confused is because they are not acculturated to see women as people that require them to ask whether to touch. And the problem we have in our world is that women are objectified in every single, you know, media context. We're objectified in music. We're objectified in advertising and in movies. And so we grow up not seeing women as people who we are required to ask whether they are okay with us touching them. Yeah. Yeah. 
That seems, uh, it seems like we should be there at this point. I would like to point out that, like, this conversation that we are, uh, you know, happy is, is, is happening with the uh, tact that it ought to be happening is only happening on our side of the aisle. Like, there is another sex scandal happening right now in American politics that you would probably not be aware of because it's happening to a Republican, uh, and so they are not going to talk about it. Um, but Madison Cawthorn... Freshman Republican congressman, young I did guy. See he was trending. He's uh, the the thing. Okay, so basically, his entire school, <laughs> his extremely right wing conservative school, um, like they all had serious heartburn about coming forward about him because it is it is a school with politics, and he shares their politics. Um, but a, a list of he was only there for a semester, and he got dozens of people to say, no, 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 this is a really bad guy. RAs would warn women about him. Apparently what he did was um, he drove a, a, a Challenger, which is like my dream car, so that hurts my heart a little bit, but um, he, he drove a Challenger and he would invite girls to go on fun rides with him around campus, at which point he would start speeding and asking them really invasive questions about their sex life. Keep in mind, very conservative school, lots of purity rings, like girls don't talk about that stuff. So you're already in a like repressed environment where that gets real charged real fast. And certainly nobody's ever, nobody's taught you how to, how to deal with something like that. Um, not that there is a way to deal with someone putting you in a speeding car. That just terrifies me. Like that idea That's terrifies really terrifying. me. Like, way worse well, than getting your butt grabbed. Like, everything sucks. All, it all sucks across the spectrum. But being, being locked in a car with somebody who had, like, malintent towards you is, like, like an actual nightmare. Like, they, make, they put that scene that in the horror movie so, for a reason. That's, like, that's a... I'm sure that if we had a psych, psychologist on, they would explain what part of the spectrum that is on in terms of yeah. sociopathy. Um, yeah. Because, because that, that is done for a very explicit purpose. That yeah. has intention. So, um, and so, and it's, that's really scary. That is a literal nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, also like when you're 25, I think your, uh, childhood shenanigans matter quite a bit. <laughs> like, like this isn't like, oh, he did that in college. It's like, he just got out of college. Right. Um, it also came out that he, he lied about several parts of his, his biography. Yeah, his he was biography. paralyzed. Uh, he was paralyzed in a car crash. He's, he's <laughs> currently in a wheelchair. Uh, but he tells this very harrowing story about how his his friend, who was also in the crash, uh, left him to uh, die a fiery death or die in a fiery tomb. The guy got out, and Madison uh, was stuck in the in the wreck. Apparently, that's just not true. Like the friend actually pulled him to safety, um, which multiple people knew about at the time of of the incident. He also said that the uh, the wreck cut off his uh, Naval Academy career that he was planning on going, and it turns out he had already been rejected when the wreck happened. So he's under fire for a few different things, but his like nothing's going to happen because his party is Republicans. Mm-hmm. So he could have tortured as many women as he wanted. They're certainly not going to care. So that while is, we can... That is really serious <clears throat> irony, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, I, don't I don't think even that mean means... to say that, like, as a joke or even in, like, some sort of funny way, but, like, he's under, he's under fire because he would drive around with women and speed against their will while asking them invasive questions. While asking questions. them invasive questions, yeah. And then he got into a car accident? 
Well, the car accident came first. <laughs> no, no. So he might okay, have. Okay, so he was. Yeah, so he, he wasn't was engaged in this behavior pre-accident that we this i don't know ac- this is after the accident well he's got a really young life it all comes together he was already in the wheelchair by the time he went to uh by the time he went to the school so the accident happened uh pre-college Putting it all together yeah so you know he might have some issues with cars that are unrelated to this that are being expressed in this way uh therapy would be helpful for everybody um but yeah after after being in the fiery car wreck that was when he would he would drive uh, women around and terrorize them. Like when you have an RA network and RAs are, I mean, I know that they're just kids, but like, they're also authority figures. Mm. If you have a, a note that you need to regularly and re up your warnings, go around to the girls on your floor and tell them to avoid Madison Cawthorn and certainly never to get in the car with him. Um, that's something that should have been dealt with at that point. Um, but they were in a very conservative school. Like it's it's like he was he was he's been protected by the Republican Party the whole way. Well, so you had some of this stuff come out when he ran. It's the equivalent of like the you know start quarterback at the in the big exactly state school. That's exactly which it. is the perfect example because it's happened a million times <laughs> um, <laughs> where the star athlete reason. is accused of something um, or has a reputation for being a predator predatory in some way and you know that's covered up yeah over and over again mm-hmm. until they're in the, in the nfl and then they do it again no i'm just kidding <laughs> um so i i mean i think here's the thing we're doing much better i i do i don't want to end the segment on our evolution in, in the spectrum um of this conversation about rape culture and the way in which we treat women um mm-hmm. but I don't want to end in a negative place because we have made progress. We really it, have. It's it's very frustrating to me that men, like even his, okay, Andrew Cuomo's apology statement, was that even bothered me. Because, mm-hmm. you know, don't do the thing where you go, well, I was just being playful and I didn't realize it. Like, it's not a game. And you shouldn't be playing games with your coworkers anyway. Unless they're yeah. like, not you know, company sanctioned, games. like, growth exercises or something you know what i mean <laughs> you're Trust in a long car ride stuff. there's lots and, of and games tr- that don't involve tr- only your consensual life. only yeah. consensual trust falls you know what i mean like <laughs> right. i feel i i just feel people because you know people a lot of men at, during the me too the height of the me too harvey weinstein moment um a lot of men you know they feign concern about being accused of something because they didn't know like where the line was. And I'm like, the line is, <laughs> did you ask that woman permission to touch her? Yeah. That, it's that's... a clear line. It's not a fuzzy line. It's not a blurred line to quote the Robin Thicke song that was number one in the entire country <laughs> for a year. Um, at one point. <laughs> um, it's not a blurred line. The line is clear. If you did not ask, you don't have permission. <laughs> And if you're not sure, you should open your damn mouth because yeah. men who in every other context have no problem not shutting up in this context suddenly can't find words. They're like, we don't know what to say. I'm like, how about you ask? <laughs> because during the height of Me Too, we had that we had that rock Dwayne Johnson role. Would yes, you do it? To would the you rock? do it to the rock? <laughs> I am sure. 
you would not put your hands on Dwayne Johnson's face and kiss it without asking first. I bet you wouldn't, even if he was in a backless dress at a wedding, completely appropriate <laughs> attire. I bet yes. you would not put your hand on the small of Dwayne Johnson's back without asking first. I just feel like you wouldn't do that, sir. So the idea that you're like, oh, my God, I might be accused of something. Right. Because I'll never I don't know, know where the line is. You know damn well where the line is. Don't act like you don't. Don't pretend like you're dumb. You're not. Right. It's actually not hard. Most men go through it their life without, without behaving real this way. Real simple. Most of them do. <laughs> like, yeah. So, you know, and the they've men got that it do figured need out. To <laughs> tell other men that, hey, dude, like, this is real. Like, if, if, if a man comes to you today and is like, oh, my God, this Andrew Cuomo thing. Why are people making such a big deal? Yeah, pitchfork. You turn to your friend and you say... Because he is uh, violating that human being's personal space. He obviously is touching her without her permission and she does not want it. And mm-hmm. that is a very big deal. That's, That's big what deal. you say to your friend who comes to you today on the Zoom call and is like, oh, did you see that Andrew Cuomo thing? What the hell is the big deal? This is why. And if you're willing to treat women that way, you're willing to treat real people that way. And we know <laughs> how hard that is in government. <laughs> I will flog this joke until it is over because it's true. It's true. Like that, like, mm-hmm. like treating women like crap is a warning sign that you are going to treat the entire general population like crap at some point. It should be enough when it's just the women, but it will never just be the women. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm glad I'm glad I'm on our team and not theirs. Like, I'm glad that I'm on the team that is uh, handling the Andrew Cuomo allegations and not on the team that is ignoring the Madison Cawthorn ones. Um, so I will I will take that as my uplifting note for this otherwise unuplifting <laughs> story this morning. Thanks for listening to the Signal Boost podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more news.